part two of our Salesforce episode. In part two, we'll delve a little deeper into VetForce and talk more about the transition journey from military to civilian employment. If you haven't listened to part one, you should definitely go back and do that. But just in case, I'll ask Sarah and James to introduce themselves again to us. Thank you very much. So yeah, as you said, my, my name is James Moore. Um, I'm currently president of uh, VetForce UK, which is effectively Salesforce's employee-led group um, that works effectively to promote the forces friendly, friendly culture within the organization. Um, that, that, that's a voluntary um, role. So my day job uh, at Salesforce is I'm a, I'm a success manager and, and my role there really is to make sure that um, our customers realize the value that they're getting from the investment in Salesforce that they've made. Um, been working at Salesforce now for about two years. In fact, nearly to the day um, is my second anniversary. Um, and, and before starting my career in the civilian world, I was um, I was in the Army Air Corps for approximately three years. And Sawa. Thanks, Kylie. So um, my name is Sawa Khan. I am the head of government affairs for Salesforce of the UK and Ireland. And I lead our public policy work uh, on a range of topics that include topic things like digital transformation to skills and also um, issues like sustainability and equality. Um, as James alluded to, I'm, I'm also a uh, former member of the UK VetForce Committee and as part of my role there I'm helping to drive up engagement and participation in the VetForce program uh, that we run at Salesforce. Great, thank you. So in part one we focused on Salesforce's engagement with the military community and particularly how you achieve your Gold Employer Recognition Scheme Award. Um, but I think our listeners will be really interested to hear more about your own personal journeys. So, James, if we start with you, you are former Army Air Corps. Tell us a little bit about your transition from military to civilian life and how you ended up at Salesforce. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, so yeah, as I said, spent a short amount of time in the Army Air Corps, to be honest, about th just over three years. Um, and, and then I decided to transition out. And I... I initially started working for a for an IT company. I think I it was as simple as I I I, I started thinking what industry do I want to be in. Um, I, I after networking with a couple of people, I, I I thought that IT was a good was a good place to be. Um, I then sort of tried to line up the skill sets that I had um, with any roles in IT. I, I knew I didn't want particularly technical roles at that time. I have to admit, um, and, and sort of project management came up quite high on the list so I, I went ahead and did Prince 2 uh, and as I said I was, I was fortunate enough to, 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 to get, a, get a role as a project manager um, relatively relatively soon after transitioning. Um, you know that, that was a relatively good move for me I, I managed to go up the ranks within that organization they invested in me and, and you know I worked hard for them um, and, and spent a fair number of years in that organization actually um, and then how long must I have spent there? Probably about seven, eight years within that organization. And then I decided actually, uh, maybe a bit of a course correct. I actually want to go and work. That was a sort of medium-sized enterprise. I, I thought actually what I want to do now is, 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 is work for a, for a rather large global um, company. And, and that's when I, I sort of obviously knew about the work that Salesforce had done, knew, knew the company. Um, and that's when I, I went and approached Salesforce. Um, and, and that's where I am today. And once you were, were established within Salesforce, how did you get involved in VetForce and what interest you did take part? Was it primarily the sense of engaging again with the military community or? Yeah, I think I think that's right. I So, so I, I knew of VetForce before I joined because I'd done research on the company. So I knew of it. Um, and, and I think it was as simple as I was talking to a work colleague and, and my background came up and, and, and they sort of said, well, you should probably go and speak to 
to George, who, who was mentioned in the first podcast. Um, he's a veteran. And, uh, and and that was it. After that point, George explained what they were doing. They were in the midst of, of trying to get the, the, the covenant signed at the time. Um, and then I've never looked back from that point. I think it gave me meaning to be able to give back to the military community again and actually do it as part of my, um, you know, in the, in, in the new organization that I'd worked, um, that, that, that I'd started working for. Um, you know, I spent about one and a half years managing the Salesforce military program, um, which we mentioned in the first podcast. Um, and then six months ago, I, I, I managed to get the role as, um, as Vetforce president. So I've never really looked back since then, all from one conversation. <laughs> and so uh, you don't have a military background, but you're one of the key people leading Salesforce's engagement with the armed forces community. How did you become interested in that side of things and what made you want to get involved? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I have no military background whatsoever. I don't have many, well, I don't have any family members who've been in the military and I've not uh, met many people or had friends in school, schools or um, in, a pre in a previous life who, who've come from a military background. So it was all a quite a new um, area for me and, um, you know, one that I wasn't entirely comfortable in, in sort of knowing what the issues were. So um, coming up, but, you know, the, 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 what I would say is, you know, working for Salesforce, um, there, there is a very important idea of of allyship, and that you know that means, um, you know, you can. We're all encouraged um, to take part in um, in these different equality groups that we have set up uh, in the company, like Vetforce. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and we're encouraged to to turn up, listen, and, and ask questions, and, and understand more about you know the sort of challenges or issues the, the, the particular community groups face and you know understand you know try and work out how we can play a part in in helping them with their with their you know efforts and their mission so you know that's that's something that I did um I as I, I joined the UK vet force team as an as an ally because I wanted to uh, hear more about what they were up to and help you know help myself to understand more about um this community and what you know what it is that they were trying to achieve and it so happened I think that you know, with my government affairs hat on, I saw a very clear opportunity to um, bring together the work that VetForce UK was doing um, in driving up, for, you know, uh, efforts around being forces friendly and also looking at what the government's uh, public policy priorities were around, you know, supporting our armed forces community. So there was a, if you like, a, a very kind of easy opportunity for me to bring the two together and, and you know, help both the VetForce team, but also help the government with, um, you know, demonstrating the role that businesses like Salesforce can play in in delivering some of these important, um, you know, uh, mission, if you like. Yeah. I think that's a really important point because um, VetForce and, and similar networks have a really important role to play in kind of, I suppose, breaking down myths and barriers and and sharing those experience. So the fact that that you have this network that combines both military and and non-military people can really can really promote that that kind of information sharing and, and breaking down of myths and barriers. And so in part one, we spoke about the vision and values within Salesforce and why hiring from the armed forces community is important from a business perspective. Um, but for service leavers. Um, how can engaging with programs like Salesforce Military help them to maximise their employment potential, kind of like post-service? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we, we touched briefly on the, the Salesforce military program um, in, in the first podcast, and then this is the program that gives free certifications to, to, to veterans and their, and their spouses. So I think they're valuable in, in a number of ways, actually, and, and, and probably the first one may not immediately spring to everyone's mind when I say it, but I, I think they're a very valuable place with which to network. Um, so, you know, you, you join these programs and actually what you'll get access to there is lots of other veterans from different parts of the world, from the UK, wherever, um, who are all trying to go through the same thing. Um, and I, I, you, you can't put value on that, to be honest. Um, and so I think they're really good for, for, for early sort of service leavers for, the, for, for that reason. Um, it's also a great place to get the, the, the all needed training, I guess. If, you, if you've picked, let's say, Salesforce or, you know, or being in the Salesforce ecosystem as, as a career for you, um, then it's a great way to get that training and, and, and being quite honest and blunt about it you don't need to pay for it so which is you know which is an obvious benefit there um and then the third thing so you know on a, on a similar vein you know a lot of veterans say you know that some of the feedback they get from from job application things like that is that they don't have experience in the required field and and and, and some of that feedback now some of these programs are fantastic at giving you that experience if that's what you need if that's the career path you've chosen and you've identified that actually experience is what i need then they will they, they, then they will help you on that journey to get that experience that you require excellent and james going back to your experience transitioning from the military what did you learn from your journey and are there key things that service leavers should be thinking about yeah absolutely I'll, i'm more than happy to tell you all the things in hindsight that i did <laughs> i did wrong um now look i think one of the biggest learnings I had, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of where I am at Salesforce and happy with how my career's gone. But if I look back and, and relatively critical of myself, I think maybe that wasn't by design, to mm -hmm. be honest. And I wish I'd have given it a little bit more thought right at the outset. Now, as I said, I've ended up where I think, you know, I wanted to be. So, you know, my first bit of advice, I guess, is, 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 is almost not necessarily start with the end in mind, but, but look a little bit further out than just the next job that you need to get when you leave. Um, I always say, try and look, three, four, five years in advance and then think, right, what is it that will make me happy at that point? What type of industry do I want? What skill sets do I have? And then sort of work back from that point. And then when you work back from that point, you'll realize, so what are the steps I need to take to get to there then? And, and by doing this, you're not just going to come out of the military and just get a job. Hopefully you're going to get the job, but you're just looking at it a little bit further out. Um, and what I will say about having a plan like that, having been through it, and I'm sure Sawa would agree here that you'll have to course correct because you might have a five-year plan uh, as to where you want to be in five years, but I guarantee you, you will need to course correct at various points. So, you know, don't sit there and think that it will all just pave out on a nice, you know, exactly how you planned it. Um, course correcting and being able to, to change your plan is, is probably a good thing. And I suppose it's never too early to start thinking about the transition process. So even for somebody thinking about leaving in, you know, five years time, it's, it's not too early for them to start engaging and thinking about that. Absolutely, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. And and actually, one of the one of the other points I was going to mention um, is, you know, try to narrow down your career search, um, not necessarily as quickly as you can, but relatively soon. So a great example, you know, starting this before you've even left is is a fantastic way of doing it. But and and the reason I say that is it's a big it's a big world out there with lots of different companies, lots of different industries. If you try and tackle too many, you'll potentially fail. Um, so actually pick some that you're interested in, do your research and do your planning and then think, right, okay, I'm going to hone in on a few industries and then I'm going to go for that. I'm going to get the skills I need. I'm going to get the experiences I need. I'm going to network. Um, 
which actually, as I've just mentioned it, that brings me on to, a, to another bit of advice. Sorry, I'm, uh, keep going. I could go on all day with this. The more but... advice, the better. <laughs> <laughs> um, networking. And, and this is another learning that I had from, from leaving. I, I think I found networking relatively difficult when I first, first left. Now, after a few years, at 10 years out, I'm networking all the time. Um, but you know, you, you're leaving the military and you have got an enormous network of other ex-military people that have left. They're in all sorts of industries. And I am pretty sure with a pretty amount, you know, high degree of certainty, I would say if you contact a veteran, even if it's out of the blue and say, I'd love to know what life is like in your industry because I'm trying to hone in on, on, on what I should do when I leave, I'm sure they will respond to you. I know all, the, all my committee members and any veteran that I speak to within Salesforce will reg regularly do and will always say yes to a veteran if they're contact them via LinkedIn or, or whatever it might be to, to, to give them a little bit of help. And I suppose once you start engaging in that networking process, you know, I suppose people might not actually realise how many military networks mm. there are out there in, in different corporates and in businesses until you start putting yourself out there, you're not, you're not really going to know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, great things can can happen from it. Really, I mean, it's good practice anyway to, to, to network, but, you know, great things can happen from it. You might speak to someone and, you you know, you might think, oh, actually, you know, well, I spoke to James from Salesforce. That's definitely not not for me, but I might have a contact in another organization, for example, that I could put you in contact with. So building your network is, is definitely worthwhile doing. And there's something that James um, touches on, which is, I think, really important here, which so so if you're if you're leaving the army or will be leaving the army in, in a year's or year or two time, you know, it's never too early to start thinking about your next steps and, you know, how, how you plan for that. And so so the unique thing about, you know, the Salesforce military program is that because it's online, because it's self-paced and because it's free, you don't have to necessarily wait until you've left the army to uh, be able to go through the training and, and acquire those certifications that eventually will help them launch or start a career in in the tech space you know it, this is something that can they can very much start from you know whenever they have a moment to be able to um you know start start using the sort of online training platform to get get up to speed with all the different skills and and you know um if you like desired skill sets that that will be you know that will be in demand and I, and I think just to add also from a business perspective you know what we can what we can say is that there is a huge or there is a growing demand for salesforce skills and you know really driven by by our customers who are using the salesforce platform and so they are looking for skills uh, you know um, talent that is help that would help them to implement the tap the platform but also utilize the benefits of it uh, for their company, um, you know, and I can refer to a, a study that we commissioned back in 2019 um, by the international data company, which estimated that the Salesforce economy will generate around 140, 143,000 jobs in the UK by 2024. Now, this is a an estimation, so you know we should we should take it with a pinch of salt, but it just gives uh, it gives you an indication of how fast and how far the Salesforce economies is, you know, is likely to impact on, you know, on the economy and, and, and create, you know, the sort of create those opportunities in terms of jobs. So, you know, that's why things like programs like Salesforce military can be a really um, valuable um, way for tapping into the, you know, talent of that the, the, the armed forces community can bring, um, to to companies like ours, um, and you know it's it's one of the models that we we're really pushing hard to 
um, you know, because it, it, it's accessible and it can be, um, you know, you can you can get trained and get, you know, get sort of going on the on those training modules from wherever you are. You don't need to be in a certain location. You can do it from home. So, so long as you have a Internet connection and a computer, that's uh, one of the, the, the benefits of, of the Salesforce military program. Perfect. So I think the message there is it's never too early to start networking, start engaging, thinking about where you want to be and I suppose get ahead of the game and take advantage of those opportunities. So, Sola, based on your experience, how do you think organisations who recruit service leavers could do better when it comes to sharing experiences between those who come from a military background and employees who may have little to no knowledge of the armed forces? Yeah, I think, I think the, um, you know, for me, the, the, the critical first step here is to, you know, create a, a space within the organisation um, that supports, you know, that brings uh, different, you know, these people together, that brings different walks of life together to to share and learn and, and understand those experiences. So, you know, we, we have Metforce at Salesforce, which offers that opportunity to bring together both military uh, employees, you know, former military employees, but also non-military employees like myself. Um, you know, that, that, that through that program, we're able to meet and, and work together and share experiences and, and you know, um, learn more about each other, which I think is is a really important step. So that, that would be my, you know, I would say the first, uh, if you like, the first recommendation. Alternatively, if you, if you don't have the uh, ability to, to set up an employee-led group like Vetforce, then, you know, creating some sort of internal comms channel was, is also another good way to, um, you know, to, to uh, bring, you know, different uh, different folks together from, from with different backgrounds and experiences. So, you know, at Salesforce, we have um, Chatter, which is our internal comms channel. And, you know, on there, we have a Vetforce uh, Chatter page. So, you know, colleagues are encouraged to share, uh, you know, share stories, share uh, ideas, share best practices, um, you know, whether or not they're, they're from the military or, or, or have family members in the military. So, um, you know, that's another really good way for bringing people together and, and share, you know, sharing and, and breaking down some of those barriers between, uh, you know, people with different experiences and walks of life. And then finally, I think, look, as, a, as an ally, um, so my in terms of my role with the vet force group and, and 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 being an ally there is you know it's been a really great way for way for me to learn about this community and understand how I can help and so you know the message I want to leave with your listeners is you know uh, there is tremendous opportunity out there to 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 learn from one another and and do you know you know be able to make an impact by helping and stepping in and you know whether you 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 believe it or not, you can make a, a big difference, and you don't necessarily have have to have a background or a shared experience to do that. So, um, you know, I think everyone has the ability to to turn up, listen, and and help. And that's something Salesforce has done really successfully, um, engaging with the armed forces community and and building those strong networks within your business. Um, from an organisational perspective, what best practice um, can you share for other businesses that are thinking on embarking on a, on a journey, whether they're just starting out, signing the Armed Forces Covenant, or they're already, you know, on the, on the Employee Recognition Scheme path? Yes, yeah, so I think there are a couple of, uh, a couple of things on this that, that, that I'd like to mention. So I, I think, first of all, in an organisation, culture um, is, is quite important. So Salesforce, for example, has got 
you know, a culture of equality. It's got a culture of giving back. It's got a culture of giving their employees time off to, to, to give back to communities and, and, and things like that. So that's what's enabled us to do what we do effectively. Now, I know culture can be quite hard to change in an organization, but if you get your culture right, then actually you can find that, actually, you know, some of these things are a little bit easier. Um, and, and I think on a very practical level as well, um, you, you probably heard us mention it a couple of times, but, but we've got a committee of, of, of individuals on, on the vet, you know, in, in vet force and about eight of us, they've got various different roles, um, whether it be events in charge of philanthropy, philanthropy um, for example, or the role that Sawa has as, 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 as sort of public sector um, lead. Um, and, and the point I'm making about this is it's quite hard to change a culture or quite hard to drive these things, these networks with just one person. So quite quickly build a team communicate out to that team, build support and bring other people with you um, would, would be my main advice. I think, I think you know, for me, um, with my GA government affairs hat on and also the, the, the sort of allyship role I play with VetForce, I think, you know, don't, don't feel like you have to go it alone. Um, this is not, you know, a sort of, uh, an, you know, this is not something you have to, um, you know, uh, try and achieve alone there are fantastic organizations out there who you can partner with or at least just um you know connect with to learn learn from and and you know get get sort of get a sort of a better understanding of what it, what what they've done to um you know uh, deliver progress in this space so you know a couple of things to call out i would say definitely get in touch with the defense relationship management team who are brilliant and you know helping all sorts of organizations across different sectors to um, advise them on you know steps that they can take to to be becoming a forces friendly organization similarly there, there are organizations like the careers transition partnership who we've um, worked with uh, to to help service leavers with their transitioning into from from military to into work you know they're, they're, they're all doing fantastic work and they can advise you and help you with that journey so you know don't feel like you have to do this um on your own there you know there are there are lots of fantastic organizations you can um you can work with on this I think, I think that's a really important point and you know within the armed forces covenant kind of community you know more, more than five thousand employers have signed the covenant so um anyone looking to get involved on their employer recognition scheme journey or sign the armed forces covenant you know there are lots of organizations like salesforce out there that are that are doing this really successfully and and you know you have the opportunity to learn from them really um so that's great thank you both for talking to us today and being guests on the being forces friendly podcast for our listeners if you want to find out more about anything that was mentioned today you can find all of the relevant links um, in the episode bio um james and sawa was there anything else you wanted to add final words of wisdom <laughs> um i know i i think you know, to, to the veterans listening, you know, the, the the corporate world, if you like, the civilian world is is, is a hugely rewarding place. And I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So going there with the right attitude, um, that, that there's a role for everyone there um, somewhere. So um, and also just a thank you to you guys, the Defence Relationship Management Team, for, for all your partnership and your, your ongoing support. Great. Thank you very much. Likewise, just to say thank you very much. It's been huge fun to uh, speak with you and um, good luck with your future podcasts. Thank you. And thanks again. And congratulations on your gold award. If you don't
don't want to miss out on next month's episode, then hit the subscribe button. And if you have any questions for us or want to know more, you can contact us on Twitter at DRM underscore support. Thank you very much for listening.